From Capybara Media, this is You're Gonna Be Great, the self-care podcast that supports you through life's ups and downs with real mental health and wellness conversations delivered via pop culture. Here's your host, Misty Evans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to You're Gonna Be Great. Today, I'll be chatting with my friend Cynthia Loveland about the Akatar series and found families. Found family. Hi, everyone. Welcome, Cynthia. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what's happening with my voice. Um, it's, it's just getting sexier. real. Yeah, it sounds like I just smoked like 30 cartons yeah. of cigarettes and there mar- I saw drink some acid. Reds in the the kitchen yeah i'm just taking it back to the 80s just while she's washing dishes just it's <laughs> it's going hard guys i don't know what's happening but yay i'm really excited to talk about this today so we're talking about found families and how folks in the akatar series um kind of created like new safe safe spaces for each other when they didn't necessarily have them growing up and i think most of us can relate to that in some form like finding people who you relate to more who you feel accept you more or at least accept parts of you more, like even if you came from a great family. Yeah. But many people didn't. And uh, the importance of it's really important to kind of form a community where you can thrive, a healthy community where you can right. thrive and, and do you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would say in my situation, I didn't come from a toxic childhood. I, I have a very loving family. But as I grew and kind of went a different way with my life, we don't relate to each other mm-hmm. on the same level. Like, for example, just to start the conversation off, for example, um, you and I met many years ago and we've been fast friends ever since. Mm-hmm. Your son calls me aunt and I'm a part of your life. I'm invited to all of your neighborhood parties and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's who we are. Yeah. I have a better bond with you than I have with any of my siblings because we just get each other. And not only do we get each other, but we forgive each other. Yeah. Really important in friendship. Yeah. especially when you're traveling all over Europe together and you don't know each other at all and it's slightly traumatic but very fun or also when you go through a pandemic together and you both handle it differently <laughs> also that life's ups and downs <laughs> ups and downs um yeah no and I have relationships with my parents and we love each other but it just it absolutely never felt like we got each other I'm kind of a weird child like it's a shock I think to like most people that I came from my mother's womb and we're just like so incredibly different and my father I probably have more in common with my father especially like my bad trait my like toxic negative traits because like we're both very critical of ourselves and and others which I'm working on I have been for a long time because nobody wants to be a fucking negative Nancy but uh, yeah I we've always clashed and in like a really unhealthy way I've never really felt at ease with him even though I see him a lot and he is you know ethnic and foreign and (laughs) Their family style is different. Like they're like, I'll pop over whenever I want and sit in your living room and watch you cook. Because like just the personal space and boundaries are different. Which was fine before you had a child probably or more fine. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds adorable. It's just like we don't vibe. Um, We, you know, I feel very judged around him, even if he's not judging me. I think it's just our personalities just have never meshed very well. And so growing up, it was super important for me to have friends 
friendships that were kind of my sub family, I guess. And some of that was really unhealthy, you know, when I was like in junior high and I like didn't really understand what friendship was because I grew up kind of moving a lot and an introvert and went to a lot of different schools and just very destabilizing. But when I got older and started looking for more like positive relationships, it's been really life-changing because I have such a, I have so many great friends, you know, you and like so many people who show up for me and like, do dumb shit with me, mm-hmm. like considering going to South Korea just for no reason. <laughs> or just the hour long K-pop dance party that we had this morning. We tonight. did. It might have been more than an hour. <laughs> we had a we have a problem. We had a hard time stopping and like turning the videos One off. One more song. One more, One more song. song. We worked out really hard though. Yeah, we did. Yeah, like that. Where you know, um no judgment. Like, no it, judgment. Yeah. Even before you got into K-pop, I would still tell you about it. And you, yeah. you were never like, that's yeah. so weird. You're way too old to like K-pop. <laughs> you would just be like, that's cute. I understand why you're into that. I was like, oh yay, a concert. That's awesome. Yeah, no, because I love, I mean, I think an important part of your found family and friendship is you just love things for people that make them happy, even mm-hmm. if you're not personally into it. Like you're a human, like a massive BTS fan. Massive. Um, and I'm a huge Stray Kids fan mm-hmm. because we have very different like personal tastes. <laughs> kind of aesthetic, things. yeah. Yeah, because I like things that are really intense and um, you like things that are really like, like beautiful and you. cute. Like, so cute, yeah. Like, cute and I'm like where's the glam dark intensity um and you're just like this is adorable and I'm and- showing you the like like touching their faces in pink pajamas and you're like I can see why you like that yeah I can, I can and I love that for you it makes you so happy and that's so important that it makes you happy and I think it's really important that we you don't have to have everything in common with your friends right. To have a good friendship, you just have to be happy for the things that make them happy. And like, I mean, which is something that you said to me, I was like, I'm spending way too much time like dancing by myself to stray kids. And you were like, does it make you happy? And I said, yeah. And you said, well, then fucking do it. Like, that's all that matters. And like, I love also just non-judgmental friends are so important. Like, I love that I do crazy shit or like become very intense about things. And I like tell you guys like, like you or like Rochelle or Jacob, whatever. And you guys are like, do you like it? Yes, do it. I fucking support it 100%. Case in point, Akatar. Case, Case in point, in point. Akatar. Because this is not my kind of series. At no, all. not at all. If you look at my Goodreads <laughs> before last year and my Goodreads last year, it's it's an entirely different. It's like totally hacked my account. <laughs> I did. But you asked me to read the first book and I did it to get you to shut up. <laughs> that's I mean, true. that's fair. I, I am very I annoying. And then I got what you loved about it. And not only that, but what I loved about it is that we'd be texting each other all the time. And I just like, oh my gosh, like, because we talked about this in another uh-huh. podcast, right? That's what really drew me to it. And I ended up listening to the entire series and the Crescent City and the Throne of Glass, like all of those. Uh, unaudible. Unaudible. But also one of the things that drew me in was this idea of a found family. <laughs> we look at where yeah. Feyre came from, right? Uh-huh. As you were saying earlier, before we started recording, uh, she came from this family where she had family. Mm-hmm. But she was not close to them. No. She was kind of a provider. They were all ungrateful or in their own worlds or lazy. Yeah. They were all kind of responding to abandonment and trauma in like very drastically different ways. Right. Right. Like Pharaoh was like, fucking pull myself up by the bootstraps, you know, as like a 15 year old or get shit done. Yeah. Get shit done. Like 
that's how she dealt with it. And then Elaine was just like flowers. And then you I had a very yeah. handsome prince. And, that's what I imagine she's a like. fey hating prince. And Nesta is just like fuck everyone. <laughs> like she's just like proud and full of shame. And and their dad is kind of like do 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 do. He just butt. totally yeah. shut down. Like yeah. he just he just dealt with it by shutting down. And Nesta was just mad at the world. And they was like martyr. <laughs> I'll take. I'll save everyone. Don't worry about my safety but then all of them found they created these new communities and they're not the same for everyone they're different yeah and and i think that sarah j mass does that really well their found communities align very well with who they are as characters like pharah finds her home in the night night court they're like fucking badass warriors like get shit done you know no holds bar and that's like totally her and then nesta finds sanctuary in dirty smut books friends and the library nesta nesta found it in the valkyrie yeah and yeah. the valkyrie like yeah like which is like badass bitches just like herself yes and and i think she said you know one of the reasons that she was able to bond with them in a way that she couldn't bond with her own sisters is that she was just carrying so much shame from the way that she was unable to step up and kind of provide and take care of them the way that Farah had and she just was really self-loathing and when you don't like yourself it's really hard to be vulnerable with people because you're worried that they're gonna like hurt you or judge you and you're already judging yourself so much and then she met the you know Gwen and like in the library and they didn't know anything about her and so she just had this blank slate to like be the best version of herself that she felt comfortable with and ultimately they get to know all parts of her but you know immediately she kind of just shows the parts that she thinks they'll accept yeah and she forms this tight group and then they all become badass Valkyrie bitches and I love that the library allows her to kind of go inside herself for mm-hmm. healing and then her friendships allow her to go outside herself yeah. for healing. So 100%. That's so true. I've never thought of it like that. Yeah. But she needed to, like she was the most, we talked about this a little bit before it took her longer to get her found family because she didn't reach out to them. She went down the, most of the book is just her being horrible to herself and to other people because she had so much shame. She was going down the shame spiral and she was fighting against it for so long. She didn't want to let herself get close. And until she allowed herself to open up to people, she couldn't find that healing moment. So I think it's interesting. Favor came to it more quickly, even though it was, she got a larger group of friends a little more quickly. Whereas Nesta, it just took her longer because she didn't open up. So I think that's a great juxtaposition as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I just lost my train of thought. Dun, da, da, da. You know, who needs a train Who needs it? And then Elaine. Elaine. The she just like fucking aligned herself with the bakers, which is hilarious. Elaine's always off doing the weirdest shit. Like the world is ending and she's growing roses and then the world is ending again and she's making cake. Yeah. Like I just love the way that she kind of flutters through life. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with her in the future. But yeah, I and not just the Archeron sisters, but also the night court that was established yeah. before, like Moore's family was horrible and abusive and she found, you know, the saving grace in her life was her cousin, Arisand. And, you know, as 
Gabriel, also a horrible family, right. cast, totally abandoned. And they just created this whole new safe space for each other and themselves. And it's a like really positive place. They're all like very different and they wholly accept each other. They fight, they repair. I actually think despite how crazy they come off originally, like they're a very good model of what healthy relationships and friendships can look like for the most part. They're a little codependent. Yeah, <laughs> like okay. there's a little like too much of like them being way in each other's lives. Like Feyre's obsession with like more and Cass and Azriel's history. Like who cares? She's like, who did you sleep with? Like nobody cares. She slept with everyone. Who cares? Like let her do her thing. But like, yeah, I, I just, I think that a lot of us can relate to that in our own lives. And even if, if we can't relate to it, how important it is for like mental health and wellness to create those things. Like if you're becoming a parent or you're a writer or you're a dancer, like it doesn't matter what you do, like having a community of people who can be, you know, provide support and feedback and encouragement mm -hmm. is like so important, you know, especially like writers, like you're a writer, I'm a writer. It's so solitary. Yeah. It's depressing as fuck, honestly. Sure it is because you deal with a lot of rejection. So so much rejection so much and so much just like questioning yourself like any art it's just so and it's so subjective it's just out there for everybody to judge and comment on yeah. and, and no matter how good you are yeah. like, no matter how accomplished you are if you have a bestseller book some people are just still gonna fucking hate it Oh yeah. Lots so of people. You get that. You get that negativity all the time. Like there's no, this is what kind of why I don't ever want to be famous. <laughs> I don't want to hear people say mean things about me. I just, I'll already think them about myself. You can keep that to yourself. I know. I don't know how people like, well, I mean, I guess they're so wildly successful. Like the, the negativity is just like a little murmur that they probably can easily ignore. But like people like David Sedaris, he is such a brilliant writer and you can find so many one star reviews mm. on Amazon that are just like this book was shit I hate him and it's just like you can never be good enough when you're doing something that's subjective like music writing yeah. we were talking about that the other day was that a was that a Marilyn Monroe or a I don't the remember. quote that you told me that even if you're the best peach I don't think that was me I don't have I don't talk to anybody else <laughs> no and if you're the best peach that ever existed there's still going to be somebody out there who doesn't like peaches I mean that's true oh, maybe it was Adam it, it might have been, been Adam <laughs> That sounds like an Adam quote. I know, but I was like back to, I know that we're talking about Akatar here, but like back to K-pop for just a second. Case in point, like we're super good friends, very interested in different things. Not always, but like we both like Big Bang. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. But like, again, like your band is BTS, minus Stray Kids. And um, I'm ARMY, she stay. We'll just say I'm it. Like it's what it is. Like I just, Felix and that voice. And the swag of the whole yeah. group. I Which just is funny because he has the deepest voice. For me, it's Jimin. Who has the I highest love, voice. I mean, not the highest necessarily, mm -hmm. but he's feels he feels the most feminine to me because you like, like the cute yeah, I, I love how cute yeah and how he's just like so loving uh -huh. it's, it's not even him in the videos but like watching and so going back to the beginning of the pandemic uh -huh. which is when I discovered k-pop uh -huh. the reason I love them is because I was isolated and here's a bunch of little cute little k-pop boys who were just like touching and petting each other just being and really affectionate being and sweet. really affectionate and for yeah me, it was that thing I was missing in my life and it just uh -huh. felt like home to me. Did they I not gave... pet you enough? No. It... no. <laughs> there was I'm not enough petting. I'm in not an affectionate person. It's true. I mean, Michelle I'm always wants to braid my hair and I always let her, but I'm just like, 
you're touching me. <laughs> I So I grew up like we're, I'm touchy with like my, my kids, like Adam uh-huh. will play with my hair, yeah, my yeah, son yeah. will play with my hair while we're yeah. like watching TV shows and Oliver will always hump my leg whenever <laughs> I come over. So I guess that's this dog way. is such a bitch. But for me, that's the thing. And part of it is that I had isolated myself yeah. from you at the beginning of the pandemic yeah. because I was so afraid of getting, I did. So I know, sad I know. about that. We had arguments. We did it. have so, arguments yeah. about it. But for and me, I was like, what I, the fuck are you doing? I just didn't, you know, it was a weird place to be in. You had a child. It was depression. Yeah, for sure. For both of us. And especially after, I mean, my parents are in their seventies and I Uh wanted to still be able to see them Uh because they're in their Uh seventies. And so I didn't want to go anywhere else and do anything with anyone else. Mm -hmm. Because although I'm not super close to my family, I am super close to my parents, especially my father. Mm -hmm. And you don't want them to die. Yeah. And I don't, I was so scared of give them a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's weird fear that I never had to worry about before. And so I didn't ever want to leave my house or do anything. And our history had been that I came over to your house basically once a week. Yeah. Years. For days usually. Yeah. Sometimes I stay for three or four days because mm-hmm. I just get here and I'd be like, I'm having too much fun. I'll stay in <laughs> And we would. And so I was a, a big part of your son's life growing up and mine and yours, of course, like years you before. Bitch. I know. <laughs> and so we had a little bit of, because we were found family, like we depended yeah. on each yeah, other. We were found. We, and we are, were, and we are found, found family. family. But when we went through that, it was hard for both of us to understand. I think mm-hmm. that because things were different and we had depended on that relationship so much in the past, mm-hmm. I shut myself off. I felt guilty about it. So, you know, I shut myself off even more because yeah, of your upbringing, you yeah. get super shame spirally. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you didn't understand. I remember there. Yeah, no, I was just angry because I was like, how dare you abandon me? Yeah. (laughs) But you were just like, what is it that makes you not want to come here? And I'm like, honestly, just the, it's not you, but there was a lot of, it's not you, it's me. (laughs) And it really was just me. So anyway, we had to, and this is where I think close family, familial friendships are important because you had to say some hard things to me. And I, instead of getting defensive about it. I had to really kind of evaluate why I was doing what I was doing. Which is like the importance, I think, of real friendship and like found family is like, yes, it's great to have friends that you can just stick around with and like, it's whatever. But I think that when you create a family, it's just so different. Like you have to be okay with call outs and with repairs and I'm sorry and I'll do betters and like all of the things that you would do in a family, should you like to be around them? Cause I know that when you said, cause you did say some, like it made me like my sister. It made me ball. Like I was, I remember I was sobbing. I came downstairs and Adam was just like, what's wrong? And I said, got this really hard text from Misty, but I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad. It was because I know you well enough to know that you wouldn't have said it unless you saw a problem that you were saying it because you cared about me because you saw that something was wrong and you called it out so that, that we could make a change and move on. So I think if anybody else had said that to me, I would have been like, step off. <laughs> you don't know me. I'm you don't fine. know me. But because it was you and we have such a long history of abandoning each other in airports. <laughs> of crying. Of crying and abandoning each other in airports. <laughs> I, I knew it came from a really authentic place. Oh, I love you. Thank love you. You. <laughs> you did tell me once that I, you did say to me once, like years ago, you were like, I think one of your problems or not problems is you see your friends through rose tinted lenses. Do you remember when okay, you said so that? It was because you were telling me like, you said something like you are gorgeous and one of the best writers I've ever seen. And I'm just like, that's not true. But thank you. For thinking <laughs> that. But you say that about your other friends too. Like your yeah. friends tend to all be, and they, you, you do have really kind of badass friends. Cause that's kind of your criteria. Like, like friends who they don't have to be perfect. No, nobody's perfect. But that's, they, they tend to ridiculous. do big things or have big personalities. 
personalities. Yeah. I do like big personalities. Yeah. I like intensity, but like healthy intensity like this, like I like friendships where we can like talk and disagree. And like Rochelle, I've been friends with her for 20 years. We've had so many fights and like so much repair and like so much just showing up for each other and big talks. And I do think I am attracted to, because I think that I'm attracted to strong personalities because I just, I need people to be really interesting <laughs> Yeah. And I need people to be intelligent and I like arts. And like, so I like people that are kind of like works of art themselves and just people who are kind. I'm, and I'm kind sweet. of a though. You are not. <laughs> You're so pretty. Shut up. Yeah. Just people who are just different, like kind and lovely and yeah. interesting and kind. But also like, if you look at Danielle. Oh, she'll cut a bitch. Yeah. But she's also a total sweetheart. She's like, very sweet, but she knows how to command her yeah. room. Like that woman can just fucking walk into anything and dominate all of it. And everyone's just running around doing everything that she tells them to do. Um, yeah, she does have a big, bold personality. And it's simultaneous. And like she very can, kind and sweet. Yeah, yeah. She can like yell at you and be shut the fuck up now. Can give oh, you a hug. We've like, had all of the yeah. fight. We've been fighting since we were teenagers. Yeah, just huge ones. Yeah, we call each other out a lot. She's probably the person who calls me out the most. She'll be like, are you doing this because it makes you happy or because you're trying to escape your life? You're like, <laughs> just like, fuck uh, off. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, can I have both? Yeah. Like, yeah. but she, yeah, she's, I do like that. I do like friends who are big and bold and kind. I don't like mean people. <laughs> yeah, don't, not I'm not attracted to that at all. Like I'm people who are mean and catty for like the sake of it. I'm just not into that. So this is kind of an interesting thing uh, when we're talking about found family. I've had the good fortune of meeting a lot of your friends mm -hmm. because you've been very close to them for a long time. And I've moved around a lot. Like I'm not from here. Mm -hmm. I went to uh, two different junior highs and three different high schools from like Texas to Washington state all over the place. So I don't feel like I have roots and I don't have those like, Hey, remember when we were in kindergarten and we used to, you know, take baths mm -hmm. together or whatever. Like, kindergarten. but I've spent a lot of time with your friends at your weddings plural to the, uh, same, to the same man mm. like but just one in the u.s and one in italy but mm. spending a lot of time with them in those situations but also at every gathering they show up i know them and i consider them my friends as well and i i can see the badassery that's there in them and i love and respect that and even in your neighborhood you're so sweet no i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm being serious though but like even in your neighborhood like when i come to yeah. your neighborhood parties and your neighbors are always like hi mm. cynthia it's good to see you again like they know me and i'm part of their friend group because they know that you and i are friends and that i care about your son and i think that's all they really need to know. <laughs> No, I think that's true. I mean, again, like found family community is really important to me because even though I have a relationship with my parents, a fairly close one, even it's just, I've always felt like an outsider to both of them. And so it's, it's just really important for me to kind of have those communities for my mental health. And when I don't have them, I fall apart, um, which I don't know if that's a healthy thing. I, I should probably do some work on myself and just like also being okay alone. Should there be another pa pandemic? But I mean, I'll do better. I'll do better. do better. No, just like, um, like even when I lived in Italy, when I went there for grad school, it was amazing. Like we were forced to basically live in a dorm. Like I shared a bedroom and that was a crazy situation of found family because we were plucked just at random and housed together. Mm -hmm. 
and we didn't know each other. We had insanely different backgrounds. Everybody voted differently, thought differently, had wildly different, came, came from different countries, different states. And we all became a really tight family together all day, every single day to the point where like people were like, are we going to be okay? Like when we have to leave each other again, because yeah. it was just a year of seeing these same people every day, studying with them, doing artwork with them, crying with them, mm -hmm. you know, and we came from all over, like Yvette's from Uzbekistan. Um, and she's like, you know, lives in the States as a ref, you know, on refugee status and Anne's from South Carolina. And she's about as like Southern Belle as it can and get and Glaze yeah. from South Africa. And just this really great group of very strong, badass women just shoved together. Um, and Jason, Oh yeah, Jason. And Jason, he was the only like man in our group that like I loved. The rest were the worst. Yeah, it's just and and, and when we we parted ways, I was lucky that I had, you know, my other found family back here, but it was like very heartbreaking to say goodbye to them and we're still friends and we still gather as much as we can. But I think that without the ability or the want or like work to create those things. I think most people would fall apart. Yeah. You can't go through life alone. We're not, we're social animals. We're not supposed to be by ourselves. That's why I think so many people came out of the pandemic with chronic depression and like severe anxiety, because like, how do you cope with yeah, that? Just exactly. And to, to take one more angle at it, my son and I watch a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. Like and on almost every season, there'll be somebody who talks about how toxic their family relationship was when they came out, they got kicked out of the house or they were abused and how finding their way into the drag community was their whole family. You know, if you know anything about drag, they'll have a drag mother usually and drag siblings, like it's a whole new family for them. And it is stronger than blood. It is a place where they can feel accepted and not judge because drag queens get a lot of judgment, even in the queer community. It's kind of sets them apart a little bit more because they're generally gay men dressing up as women, but that's not always the case. Um, mm -hmm. There's, there've been straight drag queens and female drag queens, and it's all about coming together with that sense of community and acceptance and they're hard on each other. They could be mean to each other, but <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, cause they're sassy and they all have their own, a lot of them suffer from drug addiction mm -hmm. um, or, or alcoholism and things like that, or, or other harmful things, just that fear and self-doubt. But there's always this beautiful moment on almost every season of drag race where they come together in this moment where they say, this is the thing that I experienced. Oh yes. I've experienced this too. Now we understand each other. And I love that about it. So we're like sobbing, like in every episode because of this, this beautiful coming together. And there are some spicy moments, like there are drinks thrown at each other. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that's not really that's just why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I throw a drink at my son every day. But, but speaking of found families, you like created a whole new family, like even with your children, they get yeah, very close with your very children. Close with my children. And I mean, you guys are very tight knit. So it's, Kind of like you felt like a black sheep of your family. And then you made a new family with your kids. That's like very healthy and very close. Yeah. And very safe. Like you have a very, you hold a very safe space for your kids. Yeah. And they hold one for you. 
So I think that we're very honest with each other. Yeah, you guys are. Yeah, I just wanted my. There was a growing up. I I did a lot of things that people would consider mistakes. Mm-hmm. And as a young mother, I never wanted my kids to find out about those things. And as I got older, I realized that I need to let them know that I'm not perfect and I'm that I'm vulnerable that I made mistakes. And it was it turned out to be one of the best parenting moves I made. Not that this is a parenting podcast, but um, <laughs> because when my children were in high school and they were going through things that were hard, they could come to me and say, "I'm going through this thing that is hard. I, I can be honest with." you about it. And they knew that there was a safe space that I wasn't going to judge them, that I was just going to help them. I mean, there was one time my daughter was at a party and she kind of got in over her head with, Oh, I remember this. Yeah. She called me. It was like five o'clock in the morning and Mm. she says, I don't feel safe. I can't drive home. Can you come and get me? And we drove out and got her, picked her up, brought her home. And she talked to us about like sensory deprivation for like two hours. (laughs) We just kind of sat there and talked, but um, she was having a moment and she could call me. And if I hadn't opened up to her, she wouldn't have felt safe enough to do that. I don't know what, what would have happened, but yeah, probably would have been great. But yeah, that is true. Even though they are my actual family, they, I have created, tried to create this safe, accepting space for them. And so when my youngest came out, when he was 14, my reaction was, oh, duh. I, like, <laughs> I, I think I said something like, how long have you known? Cause I probably have known for longer. Uh-huh. Like I wasn't shocked by it at all. I didn't, because I d- didn't care if he were straight or gay. Cause mm-hmm. that doesn't like, like with your son, you don't care. No, you don't we care. don't. Yeah. He's, we, we don't even do like gender nor, or yeah. uh, like any kind of heteronormative. I'm looking at stuff. his toys and he has trucks. And I think I saw some like pink things in his room yeah. as well. Like there's he's it's- got all kinds of things, but also we, we, my husband and I are like very careful in saying things like, should you grow up and want to marry a person? Like yeah. we don't even, because we just don't care at all. And um, it wouldn't be a shock. He wouldn't have to no, be like, he wouldn't even have to come out. No. Cause he, we would just be like, who are you dating? Yeah. Cool. What's their name? Cool. Exactly. Have fun. Be safe. Don't do anything to put yourself in jeopardy. That's kind of it. The only thing is if he doesn't grow up to play soccer, that might be a bit of a, um, or <laughs> a K-pop dance K-pop star, <laughs> which he is getting pretty good. Yeah. He is getting pretty good. And I just have to tell everybody how. You stole my, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you stole my moment. So been a BTS fan for like two and a half years. Yeah. The pandemic, a big BTS, big fan. BTS fan. Like been to two of their concerts. And if you know anything about K-pop concerts, that's a big investment. We are going to a Stray Kids concert. We are though. going to a Stray Kids concert. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, but anyway, like came over a couple of times and I like, <laughs> tried to get her son interested in K-pop because I thought in my head, I could be the cool aunt who comes over and we just have K-pop parties. Yes. That's always our thing, yes. right? I mean, if Missy can join in, she probably will because she's cool like that. Yeah. But as long as he's joining in and that's just our jam. And every time I come over, he's like, can't yeah, K-pop dance party. <laughs> but he just showed no interest in it. And now that Missy has started listening to straight kids, he's doing the dance move. And I am distraught. I'm just like, you stole my bonding moment. I mean, he is your son, so you can have it. Well, but. well to be fair, to be fair, he has his own interests and he's got very strong interests. He's not the kind of kid that you can just serve him things. Like he right. has to, and, and also he's memorizing the stuff from listening to them just in the in background noise, but still he will not choose that. Like if he chooses music, it's mm-hmm. Brazilian pop or like Spanish pop 100% yeah. of the time. But we had it on this cello morning music. and he was doing the dance. Yes. Like, but it, you know, what's crazy. He only saw the video once I know, and he but- said Felix scared him. He was oh. like, oh, I don't like this. He's scary. I bet he's going to be a Jimin fan. Now. <laughs> we'll have to expose him to more Jimin. But. Yeah, but like he he just memor. I mean, he's just smart. He memorizes yeah. that quickly. So he was like, okay, I know. I know the moves. 
And then he hears the background music, but I know, I'm sorry. I stole your moment. I mean, he um, is your child, so I'll give you that. But I, I just thought it was so funny because it's, it was just a story I told myself uh-huh. in my head that was going to be true. And it's, she's right. He does, he does have his own, it has to be his decision. It has to be. He's like, got it. He's very type A. And maybe you just need to get more into Brazilian pop. That's, that's the whole thing. Maybe I'm the one who needs to yeah. make like the compromise here. Like he Danza Caduro all the way to school this morning. <laughs> that's true. And knows all of the lyrics. He has no idea what he's saying, but he knows them. Or I was singing along to two cellos, although there are yeah. no lyrics, but I was. And he's explaining <laughs> the instruments too. He's yeah. like, just so you know, it's cellos and a drum. So, but Oh, that is true. He's like, not just cellos. Not just Cynthia. cellos. But yeah, no, I'm sorry. I know. I know. Found family. I completely screwed that. Anyway, back to the Akatara series. I think it's an excellent way to establish community yourself by reading the books and sharing them obnoxiously with your friends, which I've said it before works. in the podcast. It does work. Or any interest. Like if you get into something, it's okay to share it with everyone, even if they're not into it. Just so you have something to kind of talk about as a group. It's fun. Like, you know, Danielle, she's not at all interested in any of the stuff that I am, the books or K-pop, but she sends me news articles because like it's a way to interact. So I think that Akatar or anything they're into is a great way to establish community for your mental health, to feel safe, to feel seen, to feel like you can just do you. And I think we can use those books as like a pretty good model of like what healthy friendships look like and, you know, how important it is. I know that it's fiction, but I do think it reflects in real life how those found families and creating those communities can be life-changing in a big way. And I think that a lot of people spend a lot of time wishing that they fit into their families better Uh instead of just trying to find that community. So we waste a lot of time. I know I spent years trying to like fit myself into the mold of my family Mm -hmm. and I just felt inauthentic. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I just said they're, they'll love me or not love me. Yeah. And they, they do love me. Yeah. They'll love me or not love me. And here's the group that I do fit in with. So I think that's where found families are really important. That's true. And a lot of people spend a lot of time feeling lonely and wishing that they could find friends to connect with. And I'm just going to say it like right now, like you can't just wait around for like a group to find you and absorb you into their system. Go to meetups, find interest groups join book clubs, like all of that shit, fucking harass your friends with whatever you're reading, find people on Instagram, like whatever. And you can be in charge of your own mental health by and taking control of creating those spaces for yourself. We can sign (laughs) off with Y'all go find your found family, bond go over K-pop, Akatar, and you're gonna be great. Thanks for listening to You're Gonna Be Great. You can always find episode notes and the transcript on the website, You're Gonna Be Great. Follow us on Instagram at You're Gonna Be Great to see what's next. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to share it with your friends or take a moment to leave a review. Thanks so much. See you next week. And remember, you're gonna be great.